When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. With the Baker's Plus card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win! Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Hey, Chief, we got a damaged RV on its way to the OR. Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of RV surgery. <laughs> Wait, are you promoting me? Congrats, Martinez. Doctor, that RV's flatlining. Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of nursing. So you're just promoting everyone now? Yeah, kind of looks that way, doesn't it? When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates covered subject to policy terms. What's up, people? <laughs> this is You're Not Listening, the podcast that teaches you how to actively listen to music one song at a time. I'm Sean O'Laughlin. I am Sean's dad, Jim. And we got some new songs in today for you. Uh, I'm going super deep in the cheese today. I haven't told you what song I'm doing yet. No, you haven't. Can you see if you can take a guess? What There's, there's a million deep in the cheese songs that we've always referred to, so I don't know if I can either come up with anything off the uh, top of my head. All right. Well, you do have the shirt that's appropriate, though. I know. I wore my Deep in the Cheese t-shirt today. Anyone that's Looks watching good. on uh, Patreon can see that because nice. we are going super deep in the cheese with my song today, so I'm really <sighs> excited. But before okay. we get into that, I want to remind everybody to go to PantheonPodcast.com. We are, as you know, proud members of the Pantheon Podcast Network, which is a network of podcasts that is all about music. If you like this show, guarantee you'll find something there that you can li- listen to and enjoy as well. Also, make sure you connect with us on social media at YNL Podcast or on Facebook. You can join the group. It's uh, the name of the podcast and then just discussion group. We'll have links to all that in the show notes. And lastly, if you want to support the show, there's a couple ways you can do that. You can either subscribe, which you should be doing anyway, leave a rating and review, or check out our Patreon page to support us with just a couple bucks a month. That would be super helpful because it does cost us money to put on this show. We don't get paid from it. It's just takes takes our money and runs. Um, and that's not the song I'm doing today. Or you hey, can hey, go to our T- what? Nah, nah. That's a good idea for a title of a nah. nah. Uh, or you can go to our Teespring store and buy some sweet "You're Not Listening" merch, like this amazing "Deep in the Cheese" T-shirt or stickers or any of our other stuff that we have on there. All the links in the show notes. Check it out. Get excited because we're getting in the cheese today. Well, Dad, what song are you doing today? First of all, tell the people. I'm doing a song by Camp called Peach Fuzz. Have you done this one before? No, I probably talked about it in some, you know, you need it on your summer list. I feel like we've like listened to this one before or something. Might have, might have. I I like it. I found it. um, I got a reference from this from Katie. And this and Vampire uh, Weekend were within his. Oh, is that the one that we did? Did we do Vampire Weekend? Yep. Maybe that's she what I'm said thinking you should, of. You should know both of these songs, Dad, and, and I kind of listen to them and I, and I like them. And, and it, it I, I'll explain, but I, I like this for one reason. But as I did a little more deeper dive into it, um, I, it turned me around, and I like it for a whole lot of other reasons. But I have some big questions about it that right. I, I need to I need to use your expertise on it. So, okay, well, how about you? What are you doing? Uh, I am going right back to nineteen. 19- hey. 
achy breaky hot. 85, 1985. Okay, what's you, an 85? You're going to have to, when you listen to the song that I'm doing, you're going to need to like be doing something, like go for a run or like lift heavy things or run up a set of stairs or something like that because it's a it's the best one of the best songs for like an 80s like workout montage. We're going deep in the cheese. It's going to be pretty epic, so get excited. Yeah, I'm doing St. Emo's Fire by John Park. Why? Because it's an awesome song. Get off my back. Don't judge. Okay, sorry. (laughs) You judge. You you judge. You got to get off this show. All right, sorry. (laughs) Uh, Who do we want to do first? Do you want to... Breaky high... Um, let's do mine. Mine's going to be a short one because I uh, I talked too much in the last episode, so I'm going to try to pare that down. And, and I don't have as much to say about it, but I want your opinion about a few things. So. All right. Well, is there a part that you want me to play for a preview for everybody? Um, probably. Um, I mean, I, it, I have the, – the thing I've noticed is I, it's broken up into two different kind of songs. And um, the first part is like, oh, it's kind of light and poppy and it's nice. And I, I can see why Katie wanted me to hear this and everything. But the second part of it, where it kind of kicks into an instrumental, feels different. Uh, and I like that almost better. So maybe the instrumental stuff, which is like two minutes and eight seconds or something like that. And okay. Do a little preview of that. Let me see here. Because the beginning of it's, you know, after you hear the first couple notes are kind of predictable. But it, it's uh, something different halfway through. Yeah, that sounds like a song you'd like. Yeah, and it kicks in. It kicks in with some really good guitar work and everything else. But um, it's different. It's different. The second part of the song is very different. All right. Well, take a moment, pause this podcast, go listen to it. Click the show. Click the link in the show notes, or check it out on the official "You're Not Listening" Spotify playlist, and uh, listen to it. Come on back, and we will talk about it. <laughs> Nice little banjo at the yeah, end. Yeah, I like the banjo. You know, I'm a big fan of the banjo. Yeah, I know that. I know so that. I, I really like the second so cool, part of that. Cool, huh? Much better than the first because the first. I, I seriously, I listened yep. to this and I was like, we've done this song. Like, I, I think we've done it, and I think it's that Vampire Weekend song. It just reminds me a lot of that, the beginning part Could of that. Be. And yeah. so I'm like, this. It like I feel like I've heard it a bunch of times before, but then the second part is is much. Much better, right. much more interesting. Well, and, and I have to, I have to confess that um, initially I was looking for something a little more contemporary because I know, you know, that I've been deep in the oldies lately. Um, so I want to do something a little newer, and, and I, you know, I listen to a lot of newer stuff too. So I figured, oh, maybe I can kind of pull this one out. And as I listened to it, it's like, okay, it's kind of good. It's kind of, you know, pretty predictable and kind of poppy and stuff. And then as I listened to it more intently, I realized, okay, the second part of this mm. is really cool. That was really. Cool. I like this. Um, and with, you know, with the heavy bass and then when they, you know, the banjo comes in, which is a nice little surprise too at the end, it's just like, it kind of completed it. Like it, it, it makes for me the song worth listening mm. to, the second part of it. The first part is like, Right, yeah, that's okay. exactly how I felt. Nice. Like when, yeah. I, the, when you first yeah. said it to me, yeah. I listened to it, I was like, yeah, so it's like every other kind of hipster pop song. And then, and then you're <laughs> right. right, it just, right. It, it's like, by the way, we're, we're fun and we it's are not. good musicians too. Like, let us show you. Which is kind of cool. Right, I don't think right, that like that right. bass was. That's not a heavy bass to me. It almost sounded like it was like an acoustic bass. Might be. Uh, they're an acoustic group. I don't know if you, if you saw the video that I sent. You I didn't that, get a chance uh, to watch it. Yeah. The, the making of it. Um, it was you know it was just kind of like you know they, they started with that guitar riff at the beginning and they kind of built on it and uh, the bass player kind of comes in and just kind of compliments a little more. Um, you know, and obviously not even there. I think for the first yeah. part of it, but. I just think it adds so much more when you, when you hear that, like, whoa, you know, kind of, again, I, th- I think a song that probably would be enhanced if you had a pair of headphones mm. on listening to yeah, it. Yeah, no, it sounds good. You know, in, in the headphones. Yeah. I like the, I like that um, bass sound. It's, 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 it's yeah. tight. Yeah. There's like a lot of mid in there. So it's like kind of got that like balloony sound, you know, cartoony sound to it, like a bounce to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think that adds to the overall feel of the entire yeah. song. You know, that's what yeah, they, that kind of that that when you yeah. can get that bouncy sound on bass, you know, I picture in yeah. my head like like balloons bouncing. Like that's like the sound that you get from it when you crank up the mids and you lower the high and the low the lows. <laughs> we we have talked before about how you see music um, yeah. visually, and I didn't think of that part of it. But I don't see balloons, but 
I like it's the just bass a bouncy too. sound to it. It's actually kind of hard to get on an electric yeah. bass. I've tried to get that kind of bouncy sound, and it's not not easy. What's, what's why is it so difficult? I don't know. I I I don't. I'm not a good enough musician, and I'm not a, a big enough gearhead to like figure out how to get that sound. Yeah. You know, right? And maybe right. it's just maybe it is an acoustic bass, and that's just where it comes from. Yeah. But yeah. So I mean, you know, light short. I wanted to keep something short, so I, I thought this kind of fit the, the the bill a little. Couple parts of it I really liked that I'll get to in a second. But this is pretty much, in some of the the research that I've shown, and and, and I've re- read some of the um the comments and some YouTube videos. So. so this is Raymond Lamontagne mm-hmm. meets CCR meets Rod Stewart, you know, et cetera. So, you know, I, I really like the uh, the lead singer's voice. I think that adds a lot to it. Compliments yeah, he's kind of got, got that raspy. a little bit of like a, a cigarette smoker gravel to him. Yeah. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. And, you know, and um, it kind of lends itself to, to this just because you don't expect it with all the poppiness and everything else. It's like, oh, and this guy, he's got this like... It's almost like I don't know if raspy, but it's it's a little more raw, yeah. you know. So, um, you want my questions that I have for you, or do you want my parts first? Because I because I have a couple questions that I, I want to. There's some clarity that I need to this, as you from a musician's point of view or from a songwriter's okay. point of view. You sure. want that, or do you want some of the parts that I like better? So, as I again, I did a deep dive on this. Um, I had you know several different sources and stuff, and a lot of people said this is a remake of a song called Brimful of Asha by a band, name, a band called Cornerstone, which was 1997, I think it said. And as of right now, it has 1.5 million views on YouTube. So pretty, and I think pretty uh, charted pretty well around the country, uh, around the world. I think it was on some alternative billboard charts more than you know the regular pop stuff. So people know this. So song. wait, this actually you know, is know, a cover? No, that no, that version of it. No, no. Okay. I think people were, you know, asking, accusing, you know, whatever, however you want to put that. And I think a lot of it's just because of that guitar opening, yeah. you know. However, there's also another song by a band called Ducks Deluxe, which is out of the 70s, that has a very similar opening. And um, if you know anything about Lou Reed or Velvet Underground's Sweet Jane, it's the same kind of strumming at the beginning of that, too. So, like, my question is... You know, as a musician, you're writing a song and you hear this and you had, and, and again, in that video that I sent to you, I think he, he, um, he alludes to this, that when you find like a, when you're strumming and you find that kind of vibe and you want to kind of build a song around it, it comes into your consciousness, however, without, you know, and then all of a sudden, if it's similar to other songs, are you stealing? Are you embellishing? Are you learning from? Is it completely random? And it should be because, it, and you know, if you listen to these other songs, they're close until they're not, mm-hmm. you know, you know, they're close to the beginning until they kind of go off on, the, on their own different tangent with different uh, lyrics and all. But, you know, the premise of the, of the guitar, the, you know, that, that kind of is, is throughout all the stuff, different songs, but, you know, people saying, oh, it's a, you know, and, and the, you know, the, the passionate ones who know the alternative stuff in the nineties are like, this is a ripoff of that, that song by Cornerstone. It's like, no, it's not really. <laughs> yeah. It's not. And then Fatboy Slim did a, did a remix of, of the, um, uh, Brimful of Asha. I want to say 2015, which was very Fatboy, Fatboy mm-hmm. Slim-ish. So danceable and, you know, probably a club hit and everything else. So people maybe, and that in its, in itself, I have that too. No, excuse me. The, the the original one, the corner by the uh, corner shop, has forty eight million views on YouTube. Forty eight million, and one and one point five millions of views of the Fat Boy Slim version. So people know this in different worlds than you and I travel mm-hmm. in, you know. And it's like, yeah, it's not. It is, but it's good, but it's catchy and stuff. So, I mean, I just, I would hate to be a new band and say, like, okay, we've got this killer song. And I think this is one of Camp's more popular Here's songs. Here's the thing about that. say, like, you're, the, you're ripping something There's a lot rip, are you really? of stuff like that that goes around. And this seems pretty common, this 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 yeah. riff and everything. So, so, okay, I'm sorry. You can't, like, for example, you can't own, like, the D major scale. Right. There's only so many notes that you can work with. Right. And there's only so many rhythms that you can work with. And there's only so many meters and all this stuff. And you get your inspiration from certain people in certain songs. Right. And so. Exactly. You know, you can own lyrics to a song. You can copyright lyrics and you can copyright recordings to a song, which is why we can't play these full songs because full be, because when we are playing seconds, those recordings, technically we're like performing them as our own. Right. And so. 
unless we own the rights to use that recording, then that's not allowed. Right. You can't own right. like a tune in your head, right? right. And, and the I've actually had this conversation before. And the example that I go to is um, Mary Jane's Last Dance, Tom Petty. Uh, okay. One of the solos in that he goes. Right, where have you heard that? That riffs everywhere. And my the yeah. prime example yeah. is um, White Stripes, "Fell in Love with the Girl," which was their breakout hit. Ah, right. ah. Yeah. I mean, that that song was huge, and that is the exact same note for note, like playing of that. Riff. Right, right. Because Tom Petty doesn't own those notes in that order, right? He owns the right. lyrics of that song. He owns the recording that he did, okay. or whoever. I don't know who owns his estate, but you know. Um, so, like, you could say someone stole it, but is it? It's really like okay, they heard this and then did their own adaptation of it because they liked it. It's an inspiration thing, in my that's my opinion. Right, right. So, two questions. You know, is it even possible? I'm trying to think of some of the lawsuits in, in the past and stuff. Like that, people can rip off a song, different lyrics and everything else, and get sued for that, or not. And number two, it begs the question, is there anything really new? I mean, it's just a new interpretation of the well, same Like I said, there's only a certain number you know, of notes so. and rhythms and everything that you can use. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look yeah. at a guitar, this is yeah, what you have to work with. Down, by the way. Right here. This is all yeah. that you have to work yeah. with for notes. That's it. And rhythm and everything. Like, you don't... Right. There's a limit. <laughs> Which means stuff right. is going to get recycled and stuff is going to be reused and reimagined. And it's just, you know, you may... Like, and, what... And like, you, with all the millions of billions of songs that are in existence, what are the chances that you could just make up a random riff and it is exactly note right. for note? Like even a whole right. song, like write an entire well, song and, and it's like the exact same chord progression, the exact same beat and rhythm. And like there's probably a chance that that has like could, it, it's probably a pretty low, <laughs> low odds, but like that could happen because everyone is working within the same limitations when they're making music. Well, and I, and I think if you hear, like, like I just, and I did, did just very little research for this, but, you know, in the very short amount of time that I was looking at it, um, I found three different songs that felt similar, or right. according to other people. And, and as I went in and re-listened to those and everything, it's like, yeah, I can I can see that. So there's got to be something about, you know, how you talked about, I can't remember which episode it was, I think it was maybe a Christmas one, about like the perfect chords. Oh, the, the Christmas chord? Combination of notes. Yeah, that that just kind of like feels good, and mm -hmm. that's why people use it over and over. It, this has to be something similar because this is your typical pick up an acoustic guitar and you start this off, and then who knows where it's going to take you because mm -hmm. it's such a it's comfortable, you know. It, it's a really nice um, kind of beginning for anything, and you know, then you build off it. Whether you're going to be build, building musical lyrics off, it just feels like okay. So this is probably easily done by mm -hmm. hundred people, two hundred people. It just it just yeah. feels like it's that kind of riff. So I was reading that. It's like, come on, is that true? Are you, you know, are you really thinking that? You know, and and you know, from a musician's point of view, is that insulting, or is it? You know, do people get mad at that, or is it more the the producers and the and the uh, lawyers? I think it's that, people looking you know, for money, do that stuff for or, the wrong reasons, or, or that's like elitism. Yeah, for the wrong reasons. Yeah. You know. All right. I mean, look right. at look at every, you know, I, you know how and, big and, I am into pop punk. Every pop punk song has the exact same thing. Yeah. That's every pop song, like yep. pop punk song ever written. Like, it, sorry, it's just that it's and is because it it fits and it feels good and it works more than right. I'm going to rip someone off. Right, right. So I just thought it was interesting that it kind of went down, and you know, and then people, and this is something that we always put a disclaimer on 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 these podcasts. You know, that we're not the experts, we don't pretend to be, and everything. Mm -hmm. But you know, people are passionate. When they hear stuff like, no way, if you knew those guys from Cornerstone, the Corner Shop, like, you know, that was brimful of Asher and, you know, it was great. Okay. Like, okay. Okay. Maybe. Cool. That's fine. You know, but yeah. 48 million views would do that, I guess, if people know your song stuff, but um, appreciate something that's new. That's maybe a good, you know, a good kind of combination of some of the things that were good about your song as well. Yeah. You know? But yeah. I just thought it was interesting to see people kind of. Um, that's elitism. You know, those are the people that are like. And I. And you know, that's not real music. This, listen to real music, you know? It's like, twinkle, twinkle, little yep. star is real music. It's Back music, sorry. Like, you know, <laughs> one person may listen to classical, you know, like like Bach and uh, all the, you know, the famous concertos that were written in the 1500s or whatever. Composers, yeah. And then someone else yep. can listen to like, like Slipknot or Five Finger Death Punch 
and sorry, those are both, they're both music. <laughs> they just, it's, it's, it's music. Yeah. Right. You know, it's just, yeah. You, yeah. you can't, yeah. and you know, I, I, the whole stealing thing, I don't, I think it's just inspired and, you know, they, they probably heard those songs at some point. So it was somewhere in the back of their brain when they wrote it and they were just like, Oh, oh yeah, this and, is, this sounds good. And they, f- and I think they feel good to that musician for whatever reason, because it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a comfortable chord progression and yeah. a comfortable kind I mean, of way to start. Look at, look at Jack Johnson. Every one of and Jack he, Johnson's songs the, the lead sound exactly the same. It's the same, the same guitar That's rhythm true. and everything. And you're not going to be like, if anybody writes a, 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 you know, slow, cool, like islandy acoustic white man song, uh, it, that sounds beach, like right. a Jack Johnson song, <laughs> like. They're going to say, oh, you stole that from They're Jack Johnson. Well, which song thing. did I steal it from? Because yeah. every single one of his songs sounds like that. Same with this guy. Anyone who's got a <laughs> ukulele sounds like every other ukulele song ever written. Like, it's just music. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of think a little bit I of think that if somebody was Gray, to a lot of his songs take sound the same too. Yeah. the lyrics or cover a song and take credit as, like, say it was theirs, then that's a problem. Or even if you, like, took a song and played right. it exactly as right. someone else did and, like, maybe changed up the lyrics a little bit. Like, I think that's a little bit iffy. But I don't know if legally anything would right. happen. I'm not an entertainment lawyer, but like it almost seems like it would just be in poor taste more than anything, if you ask me. Well, and then un- until someone, you know, then, you know, wants right. to lawyer it up and, you know, for the wrong reasons too. So, yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, okay. let me tell you about a couple of my favorite parts. Um, so, so if you're listening, also, and if you have the option of doing that and, and you know, you have some time in hands, also go and listen to those other bands and, and just kind of see what we mean stuff. And, you know, it's the opening, um, you know, kind of volley as, as they're starting the song and mm-hmm. stuff, but then it goes in different directions anyway. But, you know, you can't help but to know that that, that underlying um, kind of groove. In the that, very beginning uh, of this song or at the... song, you know, Peach Fuzz. Yeah. Well, let's give yeah, people that, kind that, of an idea. That, yeah, that just kind of goes throughout the song. Yeah, yep. Yeah. in this, the right? Drinking from the pub. Yeah, so it's that, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and you can oh, probably yeah. think of other songs that, that do that as well. So I just, it, it, I was really, I always try to look at comments and, and, and when I'm doing some research and, you know, a lot of the, oh, this is the greatest song ever. And, you know, I've seen these guys a couple of times and then it gets into, you know, pretty early in some of the comments, like, oh, this is just like, you know, that cult, you know, right. that, um, uh, brimful of Asha, like okay, great, and then people. Just, I mean, it's the internet. You know, went off. People like, are, like, in you know, have a level of anonymity that yeah. gives them yeah. a lot of confidence. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So one of the best things I think in this song um, is that that part at the end, the um, and I don't even know if it's called the chorus, but you know, when when he explains the um, the the lyric of um, it's almost like it's somersaults out of your out of your mouth. Every color of your love, I've seen enough. I want another. You know, it just kind of, you know, keeps rolling and rolling and rolling. I love that. I love that. Every color of your love, I've seen enough. I want another. Is that cool? Every color of your love, I've yeah, seen enough. Yeah, that's cool. That's how he just kind of. Like the other, the other lines in the verse would stop, but he kind of keeps going with that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, the way he he, uh, he tried to ex- uh, describe it is his, just, it does kind of sound like Rod Stewart. Yeah, doesn't he? Yeah. But I can't picture Rod Stewart singing this nope. song. That's not his type of song. I, I, I his voice it, just kind of. I think it's like a raspy it. singer, you know, a song. You know, yeah, that, the guy right. that has that that kind of intonation in his voice. Um, right. So um, again, that second part of it, as, as we already played, two oh eight. I think it's a whole different song when it kind of kicks into the instrumental part at the end. My favorite part is uh, probably at two fifty. And then it fades out, you know. But um, and then two thirty nine is also, you know, very very good. If you want to hit two thirty nine, yeah. That's got to be a Fender guitar. Really? <laughs> yeah. Does that sound? It's e- that's either a, a Strat or a, like a Jazzmaster. Really? Guitar. It's such a cool yeah. sound. It, it, again, it's it's like the whole thing. That twangy, that kind of like bright. Bright twangy sound is very trademark of Fender sound. Which I, you know, if you if you're not looking for it, you don't expect it in this song, you know, because you don't think mm. it's going to kind of. T- but it feels like it's the the whole thing is taken off, you know, because of the percussion and everything else. Just mm-hmm. like it's kind of like ramping up and taking off a little more. Uh, and my favorite part, without question, is um, two fifty, and you're going to know why. Oh, 
I love that. One, two, three, four. I love that. One, two, three. So. Yeah, it's, it's it almost sounds like it's gonna really like kick in, but it doesn't. It just kind of how how cool it's a little more calm than you expect. How cool would that be? Well, it kind of goes back. Whoop! My light is blinking over here like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, how cool would that be seeing seeing that play live? I bet it takes off live on stage. Yeah, this feels like the kind of band that plays at like music festivals. Yeah, they do. They do. Right. Yep. Like Coachella. Like it yep. sounds like a Coachella band. Yep. Well, for instance, they were just, um, I think before the pandemic hit, they were either scheduled to play or did play, or when the new tour is kicking in for 21, um, going to play like the Royale in Boston. Oh, okay. So it's that kind of like- I love that venue. Yep. That's one of my favorites. Yep, just that, you know, um, breakout artists, you know, um, really passionate following, um, probably who they saw them at festivals kind of thing. So, yeah. Can I just say, the Royale, shout out to that place, because they are- that is one of the best clubs in Boston, Why in my opinion. I've seen Delta Ray play there, and I've seen Brian Fallon play there many times. And we are always able to get spots right in the front row. So tip to anyone who is going to a show at the Royale in Boston when, when things are, are back opened up. Uh, go to the left side of the club and work your way up towards the front. And there is always a spot right on the front row, right against the rail in the left corner. Okay. We've been there every single time. We've gotten right up front there, and you are right at the stage. Wow, nice. I don't know what it is about that place, <laughs> but like that little spot is always open, and it's cool because if you look up to the left, you can see the staircase that leads up to the green room. So you'll see, like we we were hanging out there between um, Brian Fallon and his opening act, and uh, we looked up there, and he was like hanging out there waving to people, and like. You know, like, because they just kind of come out of the green room and they see what's going on out in the crowd and on stage and stuff. You can kind of see all the behind the scenes right there. Nice. It's a great spot. And for some reason, there's always space there. So there's my little tip to any Bostonians who are so going to shows. People at the go right instead of left, maybe, and left. They go straight. They, they, they go, go straight. straight on. It fills in the middle first. And then on the right side is where all the merch is. And, um, I don't know why, but yeah, it tends to fill up on the right That's side, but on huh? the left side, yeah. there's always an opening in that corner, and there's also a bar on that side right in, near the front, too. Nice. That is never busy. You Like, you can get drinks right there. I think so, House of Blues was like that, too. The times we've been there, it seemed like the left side was a little more open. And they, this, yeah, I don't this, know. House of Blues, I stay back. I, I stay around the, the sound booth in House of Blues, but there, we go right up front. And if you if anyone wants to check it out, I have, um, maybe I'll share a video on the Instagram page, at uh, YNL Podcast Instagram page, I have a bunch of videos from that you can see exactly what the vantage point is like. Nice. Uh, and it's right there. It's really, it's a great spot. So, And that's like, it's a dance club during the early evening and then they shut it down or something. How does that? No, they, they have shows there. And then after the shows, they clear everyone out and they bring out like couches and tables and stuff. And then it becomes a dance club. Oh, it's the opposite. So okay. like as you're leaving, they'll be pulling out like the lounge chairs and the couches and stuff. It's kind really? of funny. And then there's a different line, like, you know, the show gets out and then there's people lined up to come to the club. To so. start the club at like 11 o'clock kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. Like they open it up at like 1130 or midnight nice. and go And I bet two. every city has a club like that, you know, pretty much. Oh, but, I'm sure there's yeah. a bunch. I'm sure there's yeah. a bunch in Boston, yeah. too. Yep. Cool. That's cool. And I, just, guys, I just really like that venue. I've, it, it's a really good place to see a show. So these guys had that. played there and I think they also played House of Blues, you know, so they, they, they're in that circuit. So yeah. Um, and again, I think, you know, whether it's Coachella or, uh, you know, Bonnaroo or whatever, but I'm sure they've done the festival or, or continue to do the festival, um, kind of scene as well. So, so that's cool. it. Good, good, good. So group. what's kind your, uh, you, you said your favorite part of it. Yeah. The, like, my favorite part was probably when, you know, that when it kicks in the one, two, three and everything, and then, you know, it kind of starts to fade out and, and the ban- uh, the banjo kind of comes in. So certainly the second part of the, the song, um, favorite, yeah. you know, without question. So, what about, uh, can you see anyone covering this? I don't know. Um. It's almost it's almost like two different songs. Who's that? <laughs> Corner shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I don't know. Trying to, uh, who would do this as a as a good like if if somebody who just wants to sit around, you know, maybe gaslight anthem, you know, acoustically, mm. you know. But I can yeah. I can see Brian's voice. It's a little too poppy. But but not the second part. You know, I can see the you know the jam part at the end. You know, doing yeah. that. But I like his. I think Brian Fallon's voice, you know, could kind of pull this off. He does kind of have that raspy voice a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so cool. I feel like every time we schedule these recordings, I feel great. And then like the day before we record, I like get all stuffed up and my (laughs) 
get. You're, you're not allergic to good music, are you? I don't know. <laughs> it's just it always so, seems to work out that way. So check out this band if you get a chance to. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people already know about it. That you know when when we post this one, it's going to be something that's going to be familiar. But camp, um, camp with two A's, two A's, C A A M P. They're out of um out of Ohio. You know, and yeah, uh, I think I can see that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they, they they I think they're Ohio State, just like um our boys as well, and, and other bands that kind of came out of that. OSU baby stuff. So, you know, OAR and stuff. So yep. Yep. Well, OAR is from Maryland, but. Yeah, but they they played and started doing a lot of stuff and got a lot more uh, a lot busy at oh, uh, right, at right. Uh, the Ohio State University, right? And I think these guys kind of in Ohio via probably San Francisco via you know West Coast or something like that, but uh, they play out a lot. Good, good band, good fun, cool. That's it. All right. And I wanted to not talk as long as I have in past, so I'm sorry that I, I've done that in the past. So I'm going no, to. That's all right. That's done. We're good. So are we ready and, to get deep in the cheese? Well, the other thing is these guys also remind me a lot of Ray LaMontagne, who I love as well. Yeah. I'm going to do one of his songs somewhere down the road. So Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. You so, probably hear a lot yeah. of him on like Jimmy Buffett radio, right? Yep. Yep. Yep, definitely. Mar- or Margaritaville, Margaritaville radio, whatever it is. Yep. All right. So I stepped on you there. Go ahead. What are you going to say? I was going to say, are you to ready to step into the cheese? <sighs> yes. Always ready to deep in the cheese. All right. Cheese away. Now, cheese this away, is going to be actually really cool. So th- this song, you look at it. On the surface, I, and it's super cheesy, but there's... I See, I, I when you first just told me a little while ago, I'm thinking, that's not as cheesy as, as I thought it was going to be. I thought you were going to go but, deep, deep, but deep. But this so is this just so bad. stereotypical, like, 80s action movie type song. Okay. Right? Okay. Like, it's just... But there's a reason I chose that, and, and I, I there's something really, really cool that I want to talk about with it. But first, I want, I want to go listen to it. I played my little preview before... Um, but it, you go listen to the full song, either uh, click the link in the show notes or check out the Spotify playlist and listen to St. Elmo's Fire by John Parr. And then, uh, like I said, make sure you're doing something when you listen to it. Even if you're just washing dishes, it's going to make you feel like you are the best at whatever you're doing. So uh, go for a walk <laughs> or, you know, climb a mountain, do something uh, physical while you're listening to the song. It, I, I, that's the experience. <laughs> And then come on back, and we will talk about it. So this is the ultimate workout song. Is it, that what you're saying? It, 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 it's one of them. It's one of them. All right, go listen, <laughs> okay. and then come back. All right. I feel like it's like. <laughs> go ahead. Like the cooler version of Eye of the Tiger. You know, it's funny because I was just going to mention Eye of the Tiger. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's like that same kind of like. Like you want to put like a, like wrap a bandana around your forehead. I did. I just did that. I just went for, a, for a run after drinking some. Like mix. I'm picturing those those guys from the Lost Boys, you know, like that look. Yep. Doing something like like getting ready for like a big fight in or slow motion. You know. Yeah, yeah. like it's the it, it, it's one of those that you could take this song and put it over any Rocky like Rocky two, Rocky three workout montage yep. from from one of, from any movie, and it'll be hilarious, but it'll work really well. Or and I was right? thinking, see, first off. And I have a couple questions, as you, as you probably can figure out. But I thought, okay, cheese, you know, action movie. I thought you were going to pull something from Top Gun, like Danger Zone or something like this. And this is the same thing. You could put this right over, you know, the the shots of the planes taking off the jets and right, you know, right, 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 exactly. So, so before you anything, okay, before you say anything. So when you're when you when we book this and you say, okay, let's do it, and you know, on a Wednesday to so and so time and stuff. And you think, okay, what song am I going to do? Do you lie in bed and say, yeah, I think I'm going to do a cheesy 80s movie from a <laughs> from a, Well, I, I kind of like, I, I like to look at what we've done in the past, <laughs> like Reese, the last few episodes, yep. right? And then I want to try and do something different. So like the last one, Nick, I did, uh, I you know, I did uh, the one from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Which was yep. like acapella. Yep. Uh, and then- Alison Krauss, yep. I, yeah, I did Alison Krauss and then- I what did I do after that? God, you did I buy. We, I, what's that? That that band that you did buy from Sam. Yeah, yeah. So that was more of yeah. like a electronic pop. Yep. So I'm like, all right, I should maybe do something that's a little bit older and like a completely different genre than I've done in a little while. And so then I just put on my list of like, you know, all of these random songs that I, I've come across in the past that I thought would be fun to talk about. And I just put it on shuffle and then see what comes up. And Juice then one, Newton, whichever Tom one Jones, hooks me, Achy Breaky Heart. This right, okay, gotcha. Yeah, whichever one hooks me, I'm like, okay, I, yeah, this is a good one. Like, let's, and then I listen to it a bunch of times, and you know, go to start doing the research. So, okay, so kind of an interesting story about this one. So John Parr, 
Um, it it was written for the the movie Saint Elmo's Fire. Okay, and it was like a big hit. Oh yeah, <laughs> in, oh yeah. In, in 1985, like this is a really big song. But it's interesting because um, so the story it says they were contracted to write a song for the film, uh, but John Parr was struggling with inspiration for the lyrics. Uh, and he, he uh, someone showed him a news clip from the, uh, about a Canadian athlete named Rick Hansen, who at the time was going around the world in his wheelchair to raise awareness for spinal cord injuries. Uh, and his journey was called the Man in Motion Tour. So that was, you know, the inspiration for the lyrics to this song. Um, it says it directly referenced his efforts. So lyrics like, um, uh, going to be your man in motion, all I need is this pair of wheels. Oh, okay. And so that was kind of the kind of a cool, like you know, I got to write this song for this movie. I don't know what to write it about, and sees this inspiring new story about a, a guy traveling the world in a, in a wheelchair to raise awareness. Like that's kind of cool. I like that. But what I love about this is this is it's just the it's the quintessential '80s sound. Like I feel like you could play this for anyone at any time and be like, "Quick, when did this movie come out?" They'd be like, "1980 something." because it's just so yeah it is like it is just the peak example of 80s pop rock sound right Mm -hmm. and there's a reason for that and uh i'm gonna i'm gonna get into some specific so this is kind of like yours like before we get into the specific you know timestamps and and play some examples i want to talk about something called gated reverb have you ever heard of that gated reverb no yeah no so anyone who's who's like in the production music production or sound engineering stuff probably has heard of gated reverb and this is kind of like an infamous story uh when it comes to recording technologies uh gated reverb is is the 80s drum sound okay you know that poof, it's yeah. like the it, it, it's a really big echoey drum that kind of like right. cuts off at the end right like that's the 80s drum sound and big it, it's a big sound right it's a big sound but it's not like like if you had like regular reverb with that much on it, like you'd hit a drum and it'd be like, right? right. So it, it cuts off, and it's just it's a really unique sound and it's just defining for the '80s. Like it is the sound of the '80s. That's what makes a song sound like it's from from that time. And it, of course, like all good things like this, was a mistake, right? So it really? was developed by by accident, uh, and it was actually developed um, with Genesis. I think Phil Collins, really uh, Phil Collins, yeah. Peter Gabriel. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so the engineer Hugh Padgham uh, and producer Steve Lillywhite, they were you know working on some. They were working on the song. What is the song they were working on? Um, Intruder. Was it that? Is that the song they were? I'm not sure what song it was, but basically they had the the drums all all mic'd up right with a noise gate on it and what a noise gate is is it takes it mutes anything above a certain frequency right so it's a physical thing on the drum it's like no it's not a, no it's a it's it's in the it's, it's an in the engineering thing a noise gate like okay okay like if i was to put a noise gate on your voice if you shouted anything louder than the certain level that i set it at it'll, it would it would cut it off Okay, dampen. Okay, yep. Okay, right. Or it, it actually it's quieter. Anything quieter. Sorry about that. So it gets rid of like, like ground noise and you know if there's like a okay. small hum that's like you know negative thirty decibels, then you can set your noise gate at like negative twenty decibels and you won't hear it. It cuts it off. Gotcha. Okay. So that's what it's okay. not 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 loud. Sorry, loud. That's clipping. That's distortion. Whatever. That's a different thing. A noise gate cuts off things below a certain volume level. Okay. All right. And what happened was he had a microphone in the studio that was designed for talking back and forth, right? Right. You have the the microphone where the producer talks to the people in the studio and to, they, to they studio, chat back and forth. Yeah, and honest, it was accidentally right. left on, and it created this really crazy extreme reverb. So like, if you oh. hit the drum, it's like like extreme reverb, but it had that noise gate on it. So it has that really really crazy reverb that gets completely cut off after like a second. Really? Interesting. Okay. And that's where that sound came from. And they just were like, that's awesome. <laughs> and the, you know, the the best example of it is that in the air tonight, you know, when he when the drums come in. You hear it. And you you hear it throughout this song. It's like I said, it's the sound of the eighties. Let me play just another little few seconds of the song so you can listen to the drums. 
You hear it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it is an different. Echo. I mean, it just it just screams the eighties, yeah. like you said. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the sound. Yeah. And you know, okay. it's coming back. There's a lot of music uh, now that's using that. They electronically they use like drum machines and they they do that. Right. But so so when they first heard this and it was a mistake, but it was an awesome mistake. Then they they tried to duplicate that electronically because they didn't just leave mics on in studios all around. Right. The yeah. They doing, so they started around. creating artificial reverb with like giant. They would have like giant cabinets with metal sheets on it, or they would have rooms where they would create like an echo chamber that would make reverb, and then they would with this gate. then they would put the noise gate on it. Then they would gate it, and then eventually they wow. developed you know technologies like compressors and stuff that that you plug into that had presets where you could like. You know, it, it added that stuff onto it, and that now it's all so, computerized. So we always talk about you know the electronic drum sound from the eighties. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about that in the past. Were they not really electronic drums? Were they were just drums being put through this gate? Yeah. So thing? the drums are they're recorded, and they they have reverb added to them, and then they're gated, and then uh, you know eventually, and I think I think the technology developed pretty quickly that they put them through compressors that would it took that over. Would, they use presets and then they used it to death to the point where in the 90s right, right everyone went back to dry recordings of drums because nobody wanted that that sound anymore because it was done to okay. death okay all right and now yeah. it's starting to come okay. back a little bit you'll hear it in, in more mainstream pop pop music a little bit you know it's funny because that is such an iconic um drum fill from phil collins in the air mm-hmm. tonight that everyone that knows one and everyone. that the, it, the biggest examples that people use are that one and then um uh Mellencamp, jack and diane which at the beginning? No, the Phil that. Um, oh, that Liberty spoke. Yeah, about? what's his uh, what's his name? Oh, oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Phil yeah. that, yeah. that you, you know you save your career with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, really? That okay. Kenny Aronoff. Kenny Aronoff. Yeah, Kenny. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. that's the other example that people use a lot. That that had heavy yeah. gated reverb on it. So. Really? Okay. All right. But I mean that that's that you know that that in the air tonight everyone has has you know air drum that. Right, you know, in a car or somewhere, without question. Yeah, you know, so and that's that sound. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. Interesting. Okay. Yep. Did you know that, or did you research that? Did you, I learned did you that, learn that down a YouTube rabbit hole some some years ago, and I revisited the concept of it for this because I think that's a really cool story, and I think maybe people learned something today. So, yeah, learned about gated reverb because they were listening. That's right. So. Well, you are now. Um, Wow. Okay. So it's funny because I never thought about that. You know, it's it's that quintessential sound, but it's kind of like you just you know, it, well, that's every Huey Lewis song, and mm-hmm. that's you know, Kenny Loggins. And and, and you know, when when I say they did it to death, they used they, they did, did it, to, it death. to death. I mean, yeah, every yeah. song because it's a formula that works. Rock to pop. I mean, Eurythmics. Do you think of like Sweet Dreams are made of this? Like, yeah, you know, like every any song from the eighties, you, you're almost guaranteed to hear it. And the interesting a lot of thing Michael is, Jackson songs use it. The interesting thing is if, you know, if it's an electronic sound, um, it's also the 80s, you know, at that point in in, um, in, in history music is when MTV started. So everything was videos and showing, li- a lot of times showing live playing yeah. drum sets. But I mean, they were played live. They were, con- they were concept one as well, but but it's, uh, it was a different sound that they couldn't just get from a regular live recording. They had to make sure they worked at that. Yeah, they it's it's produced. It's, you know, that sound okay. was, was produced, so. Okay. Um, but you know they created shortcuts for it with compressors, and then yeah, they just put it on everything. So so this song, I don't know if I think of Saint Elmo's Fire as a um, what did you call it a, um, 80s, a montage song? No, not a montage, but a, um, go ahead, I'll think of it. Go ahead, you, you talk. Okay, uh, well, I just wanted to get into some of the stuff that I like in it that I think is kind of fun to listen to. Um, the the backing track instead of like a guitar. The, the guitar is actually very sparse in this. Every once in a while, it he'll is. just kind of hit a distorted chord and let it yeah, ring yeah, out. Yeah, 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 but right. it's the the synthesizer, and it kind of has that bouncy, balloony feel to it, kind of like in the last <laughs> song. Listen, listen Did you to see the, balloons in this one, too? Listen to the, uh, the synthesizer that's doing the main chord progression of the song. It's almost like like electrical wires, right? Like the boom, 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 boom. Like if you were to hit like... I'm, th- yeah. I'm thinking of like the the music video the the other side from uh, <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers where they're oh, like yeah, 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 where they're like yeah. plucking the electrical wires. I feel yeah, like this yeah. is the sound that that would make. Okay, you know what I, I mean. Get that yeah, I get that. That's cool. That's cool. It's just it's a and neat it is, it's a neat sound to it. And 
and that's not that's unique enough. I don't think I've heard that a lot in a lot of other '80s songs. This is this is different because I think it's all driven by that rather than the guitar, rather than the heavy guitar. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool, and it's not like your typical '80s synthesizer. It's a little different sound. I'm not sure what they used for that. I'm guessing they used a synth synthesizer for it yeah, somehow, yeah, but yeah. I don't know. Um, and then the what I really one thing that I really like, and it's just a tiny little thing, and it's nothing really like it's nothing crazy and it's not super noticeable, but before they go into the chorus, he does a quick little like muted click with the guitar, like a right before they go into the chorus. Listen to what I mean, because everything drops and right before they go into the chorus, he does it. Did you hear it? Yeah. And it's just, I don't know what it is about that, but I feel like it, it gives it a feel like it's, someone playing it feels more like a performance it feels less dialed in and more like someone is just like actually playing because you have to like get your body into it to do that that you know instead of just like waiting and then slamming the chord it's a little bit more natural like if you if someone was playing like i said it's funny because i i've heard that but i've never i've never thought about that it's just you know like as a guitar player like you can picture exactly what that is yeah you know just you just do a quick little jab so w- before you hit that note. So when you hear that, do you always like just like kind of your, your mind and your your you air guitar always go to like like that like oh I love that you air guitar it every time. I know <laughs> I know that people can't see if you're just listening, but like you know it's one of those like if this is the chord you're hitting, instead of just going like this, it's it's just a little extra. You know, can you yeah. hear? That? Yep. It's just that tiny little thing. <laughs> But I feel like it gives it like life, right? Like it gives it, like it gives I, it personality, I, and it gives it a, a, a little bit more feeling behind it, like a hum, human feel behind it. And does it do that every time, or does it have that like that direct stop? And then I think it does right it pretty much every time. Does it? Okay. There's okay. another. So the last one, the last chorus, I, I I'm going to talk about it. I don't know if it does it or not. But I like to, with these types of songs, there's something that like hooks you with it, especially with these '80s songs. They they always have like a really strong hook, and I I think it's pretty clear that the hook in this one is the higher and higher part, right? That's the hook because then they go right back into the regular chorus. But like it's it's the part that stands out at the end of the line uh, in the chorus, and it's just a really it's a like that's a good hook. But, and that's an addition, almost like that that guitar piece that seems like it's it's an yeah. Add-on. But it feels like that's that gives it what that does is that gives like it adds the confidence to it. Like this song is a very confident song. This is this is all about like <laughs> I can do it. I I'm the best. You know, you know, you, you so only, right, what, right. the line is like only you can do what must be done or something like that. Like it's a very like confident song, and there's a lot of power behind that one line. I'll be with the Eagles flying higher and higher. And there's so much power behind that line that I think that really evokes the feeling that he's trying to to get across in the song. So so that higher and higher part is where they would show that in the montage, the slow motion um, guy running across the finish line, you know, as, yeah, as maybe. he kind of finishes the workout. Yeah, like, maybe. yeah, okay, gotcha. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking of Rocky right, and right. That might, you, racing you know, on you, the beach. You, you always go to those workout <laughs> montages from like from Rocky. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because there's a similar workout montage in, in, you know, I watch all the the kids, the Disney movies with my kids, and there's a similar workout montage in Zootopia. uh, And I would love to see this song played over that scene, which I think would be just really funny. (laughs) Yeah, I should should see if we can make that happen. So maybe Katie can do that for me. I just think that would be really funny. Nice. Yeah. And then what's cool is that that part, they, they sing different lyrics later on in the song before they go into the regular like they'll sing the chorus with different words but they still keep that same okay. structure so without uh saying higher and higher you know they say like something else yeah i just really like i think it's a really good hook you know and when you use different lyrics in it it just makes it that much more interesting so so is that john Parr? singing performing writing this so. okay was that a, he a one hit one i don't know anything about him. not a fair question you probably I don't know anything about him. if anybody yeah. has fun some fun facts about john parr at ynl podcast find us on twitter i don't know anything about the guy okay 
I mean, if you look at at some of the stuff that's on Wikipedia, it shows that he's played. I mean, he was hired people, to write really the movie for this song, so yep. maybe he's just like a you know he's a songwriter that gets hired to write songs for for certain people, and he just had right. a, happened to have a breakout right. hit with this song. You know, who knows? So my my question that I was going to ask you a little while ago was, you said initially this is a um, quintessential quintessential uh, song for an action film, and have you ever seen the movie no. Saint Elmo's Fire? Okay. I, I don't think it was an action film. I think it was a. It's not. It's a. It's a brat. You know, brat right. pack. You know, sitting in the bar and you know and having you know I, you know issues amongst themselves and all that stuff. And why does a song like this have such an epic I soundtrack? I, I don't, don't know. I like don't I haven't know. seen the movie. I know, you know of the movie, but I haven't actually watched it, and so I don't know how this song yeah. sits in that in that film. But just the sound of yeah. it, like yeah. it just fits in with songs like "Eye of the Tiger," right? So right. And maybe but even it, like Danger you know, Zone, but, like that. It just has that feel. But but think of some of the the, the physical aspects, or the you know, of the, the the motorcycles, or the, certainly the planes, everything else in uh, Top Gun, and that's like right. Danger Zone, and it shows all. Like I don't think there was any of that in Saint Elmo's. No. I don't think. I think and I'm it was picturing more, a, more like talkie, Rocky style yeah. than I am like like yeah like yeah, when yeah, I say action, right. I mean more like I don't know. I'm picturing like Rocky mixed with the Lost Boys, which is why I brought those up. Like that kind of feel yeah yeah, yeah. So. no i know what you're saying it's a little different no and what i'm just saying is like this doesn't seem to kind of fit to have that kind of epic yeah i'm gonna have song. to watch the movie you know, i guess and, and yet it did and it worked and it worked I guess some, sometime i'm gonna have to so, watch that movie i think it was um if you any and this is maybe way out of bounds and you know i'm gonna probably have people complain about me when i say this but i think it was like breakfast club part two ish you know, so you've seen right, everyone's right. seen Bre- you've seen Breakfast Club. So I don't think it was that far off. It was like older versions. I mean, Judd Hirsch is, is was in it. You know, the, mm-hmm. the the bad guy and stuff. And I don't know if he, some of the other people, but there was that whole when when all those those young artists and, and young actors were all mm-hmm. like the in thing, and they they put them in a bunch of different movies together. And I think this was when they were of age of being mm-hmm. in the bars <laughs> and you know that that mid twenties kind of vibe. When people stop thing. paying attention to um, you. And before you are old and, enough that you, you know, can like that, separate and, yourself from those other movies, right? Yeah, and this and this song just didn't feel like it fit. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going to get my wheels and go like, what? You know, because it just but it, but yeah. it's huge. I remember, and they may have that. just said, "Hey, we need a movie like, for this song. Like, just make a big hit. I don't care. Yeah, it doesn't have yeah. to do anything to do with it the was. movie. It just we just need a hit song so we can make money. You know, maybe yeah. that's what it was. And he's like, "All right, yeah. I have free reign yeah. to do whatever I want. I'm going to." do a killer do song. <laughs> uh, I just need a little inspiration for the lyrics and you know, and maybe the montage that this is over is, you know, with fights and people walking away and yelling and screaming. I don't I mean, I don't know. I'm sure it's not it's not uh, jets taking yeah. off and and you know, fighting the Russians or anything like that. Yeah, so. I don't know. All right, I have <laughs> another another yeah, one just some guitar fills that I don't need to really share those cuz there's not a lot of gu- there's not no, a lot of guitar here. in here. So, um, you know, there's one part uh, where he plays a riff at 2:40. There's a little guitar riff. Do, 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 right? And it's in a lower register. Yeah. And then he plays the exact same riff a little bit later in a higher register. I just thought that's kind of cool. I just noticed that. And the vocals are in a higher yeah, register. Yeah, so this as is well, like a too. bridge, right? Um. And what I love right. about it, and this is actually one of the, my favorite parts of this song, if not my favorite part, at 3.02-ish, three minutes, it sounds like there's a key change when he when he gets to the end of that bridge and then goes yes. into the chorus, Yes. but it's like a fake key change. Like, he doesn't change the key. He's just playing the chorus the same way he did, but the buildup from the bridge makes it sound like it's a key change. Listen to this. Oh. Just the higher notes, right? That sounds like a key change because of the notes that he's singing, and then yeah. with the trumpets at the end hit, hitting that high note going into it, it sounds like yes. a key yeah, change. Yep, yep, yep. But I mean, this is the chorus that he sings there. It's the same notes. That's same. not a key change. He didn't. Yeah. <laughs> maybe the bridge was, was the in bridge, a different. The, it, maybe it was the, the bridge, bridge was in a, a different that. key or something. But like. 
it, it really sounds like they're building up to like an epic Bon Jovi key change, right? And it sounds like a, it sounds like a, oh, that's a <laughs> right. killer key change, but like that's not a, it's he's in the same key that he's been playing the whole song in. It's not at all because I had to check. I had to put them next to each again, other and like it, listen to the choruses one right after the other because I couldn't tell if he actually changed changed keys or not. And it, and like I said, it could be that he just yeah. is in a different key. Like if he goes down for the bridge, maybe he's in a different key, but. I, it, it's almost like a gotcha moment, you know? It's a little bit of gamesmanship. Yeah. There, almost sounds like, ha gotcha. So that's yeah, cool. Yeah. Never I, I actually never really like this song. Before. Great song. Don't be ashamed to play this song loud whenever you're doing what you're doing. It's just a fun, <laughs> powerful song that, you know, it, the only reason it's deep in the cheese is because it has so much of that 80s sound. Yeah. But when you strip yeah. away that, like when you, when you, when you exclude the whole like cheesy '80s sound to it, when you don't pay attention to that, and you just listen to the song, you realize it's a good song. Really good. <laughs> so yeah, it's really a still a good song. It's funny because you, when you just mentioned that that guitar part, I'm glad you played those. By the way, that is something that just made me think of the the Danger Zones and a few other songs of that that that, that same guitar, that kind of thing, like. Yeah, that just was wow. Okay, I think I've heard that before. So interesting. Yeah. So that's what I have. Cool. I mean, the the thing cool. that really I like about this is I like that story behind the gated reverb. I think that's really interesting. And what's cool is once you know that, you're gonna start picking up on it. And you're gonna hear that in other songs, and you're gonna understand. Especially when you listen to songs from the '80s, you're gonna understand the intricacies that go into creating these sounds. And clearly, in the and, '80s, and the they history were of it, how it's doing started. a lot of experimentation with with song producing, right? Right. So when we're releasing this, one of the things, you know, anybody, whether it's people of my age or, you know, people younger than you who might be listening, you almost have to sell it like, go re listen mm -hmm. and relearn about this song. Because if people see it's like, oh, I'm not, you know, oh, you know, that song mm -hmm. again, like Hakey Breaky Hot, oh, that song stuff. But if you really pay attention, you're going to learn something about it and you're going to, it gives you a idea. chance to kind of reappreciate it. And hopefully you know, by this now. point, yeah. our listeners I understand I when we pull that. out songs that make them roll their eyes before they re-listen to them. Hopefully they understand that like, there's a reason <laughs> we're covering these, that song, you know? <laughs> right. Right. And hopefully that's the reason why right. they want to still continue to listen, which we, we still get a lot of people listening on a regular basis to yep. do that, to learn some new song stuff. So, so cool. I, I love, nice. I like the song a nice. lot. I've always, Unexpected. I've always liked it. It was like it's like not quite cheesy enough to be Eye of the Tiger, but it's still like within that world, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's funny because I never thought of it as a standalone song like that. I always thought of it as mm -hmm. the soundtrack to that movie, which I've seen. And I think the the I almost think that the song was bigger than I've the never movie seen the film, the and film. I've been listening to the song if since high school. I think I I think Katie showed it to yeah. me in high school. Yeah. Two songs that Katie showed us. So mm -hmm. this was eighty five. This would have been shortly after I started DJing, and the guy that was kind of my mentor, DJ, um, in the DJ world of trying to get me started and get me connected with equipment and everything else, oh, really? loved this song. I just remember him for some reason. For some reason, he was playing a gig at St. A's College, St. Anselm's College up in New Hampshire, and he played this song like it was just out, and he said everybody loved it, and, everything. and I don't know if I've ever played this song ever live. Um, just didn't seem like it was going to be something I could play at a, at a gig or anything like that. But um, he loved, loved, loved this song. And that's my visual of it, of, of this guy, Mike, like saying, oh, you got to hear this new song. And, you know, I had the the the, um, the, the 45, you know, the 7-inch, and, you know, it had a, you know, um, picture of all those stars sitting out in a bar together with the green cover scene. I mean, just, you know, the, the, so the picture sleeve was, was kind of, classic and stuff like that's what i remember about it i don't think of it as a standalone song as like i and i i kind of think of eye of the tiger as a standalone song i don't think of right. rocky when i think of eye of the tiger you know but i think of this song as only connected to that to that soundtrack like danger zone right interesting how are you cool. going to hear danger zone and not not think of top gun there's top certain gun, ways right, right. certain songs Maverick. that okay yeah you know are so much associated with with movies so yeah and whenever you That's think like, of that song, like you think the, of the Jets the, uh, taking the off, right? Just Justin Timberlake song from the Trolls movie. You know, I have kids, so when I hear that song, <laughs> all I think about is trolls, and it makes me want to gouge my eyes trolls? out. But, <laughs> you know, our friend Sully, like, that was his first dance at his wedding. I don't think he's ever seen that movie, but he just knew it as yes, a great it was. Dance, dance song by Justin Timberlake. And it came on, and I went, oh, my God, trolls. I think that... Really? But, you know, that's... 
See, and as a DJ, that was a song I was playing on a regular basis every night. Right, but you know what? That song was written for trolls. It was written for that. It wasn't written, and then they adapted. I, I'm pretty sure. Really? I'm pretty sure he wrote that song for the movie. <laughs> because because the song came out when the movie came out. Let's. We'll have to ask Sully this, but I think, I think he and Remy might have kind of captured the trolls' dance a little in some of the things that they were doing. So. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he had seen the movie and were trying to do something with things that the trolls. Would See, do. Remy's a big Remy is a big Disney. See, yeah, fan. Yeah. So good. trolls is not Disney. So, but like, it was I don't it was good would... enough though. It was good enough that it was close. You know, yeah. and it had such good music in it. Stuff. I love that song. Ugh. I like that song a lot. Trolls. I think that that song. Um, and there must have been some remixes for it and everything, but uh, I think it missed the mark at the end where they could have had that go on for another three or four or five minutes as a dance version. You know. Um, be, Sure and, there is. But I never, I heard other people do it, but I never heard Justin Timberlake had an extended version of it because I looked for that, you mm -hmm. know, because it was like always a, a hit every time I played it. And I'm thinking like, this is too short, you know, this needs to go on for another three or four minutes to kind of keep this dance floor going and stuff. So again, maybe that's the argument that it was written as a, you know, two and a half, three minute song for a movie, you know, so yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. This is the finale to the movie. The, yeah. it, it, the scene is going to last three and a half minutes, yeah. so... Oh, and you know what? And that was a great moment in Sully and, and Remy's wedding, by the way. My last wedding. My, my final DJ. There you go. Ended on a good note. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, that's no, all no, I no. got. Who, I mean... who can you see covering it? Kenny Loggins? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, I don't know. I think they. Ha I think there have been some covers of this. I, I would almost like to hear like a rock and roll cover of this, like a modern version of it, right? Like I'd love to hear like Foo Fighters cover this song. Yeah. Yes. Because I feel yeah. like that would just sound really cool. I feel like Dave Grohl could really yeah. knock this out. Of Reach the out to him. Let's ask him. Or you know, uh, um, Green Day, you know, or something. Yeah, maybe they do do some wacky yeah. stuff like yeah. that. But I think I think Foo Fighters would be my pick for okay, cool for a cover for this. Nice. Wouldn't be surprised if you would do that. So yep. hold that up at a at, so that's at, all we hold got. It up at a uh, show. I hope you enjoyed our time in the cheese. Today. That wasn't too cheesy though. That wasn't bad. It wasn't too cheesy. Now but, Danger you know, Zone would have been cheese. I'm thinking like, oh, he's going down that road. Okay, but this this yeah, wasn't. I'm as not bad. a big fan of that. This wasn't as bad. I'm just not a big fan of that song. Nice. I, I I don't have a reason for it. I just that that's not a song that I would enjoy listening to enough that right. I could like. I think that was written specifically for the movie too, so it has the imagery yeah. rather than the, how good good the song is. But yeah, that's a that's a good like joke song. Yeah, <laughs> I feel yeah. like yeah. So. But you know what? But it, what is not a joke song? That drum fill from Phil Collins in the air tonight. Mm -hmm. da, do, do, da, do, do, do. Yep, goosebumps. And imagine how that would sound like if it didn't have gated reverb on it. If they hadn't accidentally discovered that. Yeah, yeah. Probably wouldn't be as impactful. No, I don't think so. That was big. That was big. And I know I sent it to you a few times with the video of of him playing that live. Mm. Of you, you, you have you seen that one? Oh yeah, where he walks around the stage and goes up on the top, yeah, and gets back. Phil Collins gets back to the underrated, top. Oh, big in, you know? in the eighties and nineties. You know when when big. Disney came to him and they were like, "Hey Phil, can you like do a <laughs> some songs for a soundtrack for us? Like you don't need to work too hard. It's 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 Tarzan. You know, it's about a, a guy who's who's lost in the jungle and is raised by talking animals. Right, like right. don't don't really work too hard. And he's like, by the way. Let me spew out the greatest cartoon soundtrack <laughs> of all time. Wow, that's bold. Some of some great songs yeah. on that soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> no. Phil, Phil Collins, man. Phil Collins was was huge, 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 huge. It's so talented. And I'm sure we're gonna talk about him again yeah. because we are gonna do an episode with friend of the show Mike Leonardo in uh, in the near future talking about Disney music. There you go. Okay. So so I'll leave you with and this I'm on Phil sure Collins. Phil Collins and Brian Adams, two underrated. Everybody thinks of them this handful of songs. Brian Adams, yeah, great, great artists who stayed true to their music and didn't go down, you know, the the the, the dangerous or the bad, you know, the bad direction stuff. So really good. Yep. What did, what did Brian Adams? He did um, Summer '69. Yeah, but what what was the? He's got one that's deep in the cheese. Which what was it? Look into your heart. Cuts like a knife and stuff. I mean, he's a He's got a bunch of them. He had some that would do everything I do. I do it I for, do for you. Robin it, right? Hood. Yeah, a theme from Robin Hood. That's that's a hell of a song too. Yep, that's yep. actually on my list. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Stay tuned, everybody. Stay tuned. <laughs>
We will we will continue in the cheese with a little Brian Adams. <laughs> I got to get a shirt if we're gonna do more. Everything cheese, I do, I do it for you. I have to get my cheese shirt sometimes. So. Yeah. All right. Good. Well, thanks, man. Kind of a long episode, but I hope you learned something. I hope you enjoyed it. Please remember to check out PantheonPodcasts.com for other awesome music-related podcasts. Find us on social media at YNL Podcast. Talk to us in the discussion group on Facebook. And check out our Patreon page and Teespring store to help support the show. Remember to subscribe, rate, review. Ready? Do you have something to say? I have one thing. Yeah. We didn't do a dad joke. You ready? Sure. Get me with it. Ready? So I went to uh, a baseball game last week. Yeah. And the uh, the umpire was just kind of wandering around um, the field. And then you got hit and he, by, by a stray ball that got knocked out. It was the fall of the Roman umpire. <laughs> That's not bad. Can you do a can you do a drum can you do a drum thing there? I just wanted you to use that new effect. That's why. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, that one was pretty good. There you go. That one was okay. pretty good. Go. All right, folks, that's it. So remember to stay hydrated, listen to good music, and don't be a dick. We will talk to you next time. See you, folks. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. I'm sorry, I can't operate on that vehicle. But doctor, you took an oath. That RV, it's my son's RV. Oh, doctor, isn't there anything you can do? I'm not a miracle worker, Sheila. I'm an RV surgeon, trained to save the lives of large injured recreational vehicles, which is definitely a real profession. When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates covered subject to policy terms. Have you ever lifted a piece of furniture and found the carpet underneath looks brand new while the rest of it looks, well, not brand new? That's when you realize you need new carpeting. At The Home Depot, we have a wide selection of all the top brands. Best of all, we'll install it for you. And even better than best of all, we install it free. So all you need to do is choose from our hundreds of styles and colors. Start your installation today at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Minimum purchase of $4.99. Exclusions apply. U.S. only. See store for details. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.